a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Come on in, folks. The Wild West Showdown with the Old Cowboy is on the air. Boy, that sounds good when I say that. We got another great show lined up for you today. We got music, we got poetry, and a very talented guest today. So call in the family. Shout across to the neighbor and tell them the old cowboy's on the air. Now slip off your boots and settle into that old rocking chair and listen to some great entertainment. Now I'm going to attempt to recite a poem written by Tommy Heron, Old Tom. Well, the dogs are whimpering. There's a storm moving in. The lightning is getting close, and the leaves just met the wind. The darkness on the horizon means something's coming this way. Them old chickens are a-cackling, so maybe they'll start to delay. I guess I need to get in the truck and maybe drive around the place. Maybe put out some candles, you know, just in case. Well, I better make a move if I'm going to get it done. That thunder's getting closer and the clouds just hid the sun. But first I'm going to cook some beans and cut up a few taters too. Because a man got to eat. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Old Tom. Thanks so much, Old Tom, for allowing me to do that for you. I know I'm always referring to Hollywood, but Hollywood romanticizes the lives of our first pioneers. We kind of look through rose-colored glasses and see them having an easy time. In reality, the frontier was a terrifying, dangerous wilderness, and you were only as good as the tools you carried. Pioneers were responsible for clearing their own land, building their homes, defending themselves, sewing their own clothes, and hunting for their own food. And the devices and tools they brought with them, severely limited by weight and size, were vital lifelines to succeeding in all of these pursuits. So what were they? What were these tools? American progress carried telegraph wire westward. Behind her, settlers followed with stagecoaches, Conestoga wagons, and railroads, symbolizing the virtue of taming the western frontier. But in truth, such conveniences took decades to appear. In reality, most settlers lived in sod houses or log cabins. Pioneers made their own clothes, from shearing the wool and spinning it into thread to actually weaving the fabric and finally fashioning it into a garment. You need only one soap, ivory soap, proclaims an ad from 1898, which shows a pioneer washing with a floating soap at his campsite. However, most pioneers made their own soap out of lard after a hog butchering. Knives came in different shapes and sizes, butcher knives, a skinning knife, and a small antique paring knife. Water crossings were another major danger, but thanks to the crude ferries often used by early settlers, people crossed the Red River in Texas during a flood in 1874. By the late 19th century, families were more established. Some settlers were lucky enough to have brought cast-iron stoves from back east. And finally, there were two ultimate survival tools for the pioneers. First was a Colt revolver. Second, a Winchester. Nothing like Hollywood, is it? I think it's about time for some good country music. Let's take a listen to Frank Cabot singing, Is the Honky Tonk Doctor In? 
There's a honky tonk doctor in. Well, I feel the pain coming on again. The only cure for what I've got. Love feeling better with every shot. You don't need a prescription card. All you need is a broken heart. Pour me a drink, let the healing begin. It's a honky tonk doctor in. Woke up this morning, I was feeling just fine. I didn't have a clue. I'd been left behind. There's an ache deep inside. Behind the bottle is where I'll hide. Just a glimpse of those neon lights. And I'll start to feel alright. Here's a honky tonk, Dr. Ed. I feel the pain coming on again. Better with every shot. You don't need a prescription card. All you need is a broken heart. Pour me a drink, let the healing begin. Here's a honky tonk doctor in. Thank you, Frank. That was a good one. Now let's visit with our special guest. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today author, speaker, photographer, musician, radio host, and travel blogger, Tui Snyder. Welcome, Miss Snyder. 
Thanks for having me, JC. I'm really excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you were born, where you grew up, and, and where you're living now. I was born in Montana, and I don't remember much about it, except it looked pretty neat. We lived on a farm, and we had goats and a little goat cart, and I was when I was an infant. So then I lived in West Virginia, and I lived in Virginia long enough to get a bit of an accent and a true appreciation of the word y'all. Then I grew up and graduated high school in Washington, and then I had some great opportunities. I got to live and work in Antwerp, Belgium, which I really didn't even, wasn't sure where Belgium was before I moved there. That was great. I got to live in Italy for a year. That was really wonderful, too. And it really makes you appreciate your own culture and your own universe. Now I live in the country of Texas, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) You're where you need to be right now, aren't you, in Texas? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I, I've, I've lived here about six years now, which is a bit of a record for me. I'm, you know, I fell, I fell in love with a man, and what do you know? Now I'm here. I followed my heart. Now I'm here. <laughs> okay, you're married. Do you have children? I have a stepdaughter, and she lives in London. Okay. And then I have, well, I have a stepdaughter that I actually raised, and then I have two more stepkids who I, I recently acquired after marrying my husband. Listen, you're a very talented person. You're an author, a speaker, a photographer, a musician, and I understand a radio host. I get accused of doing too many things. Do you get that from folks? (laughs) I do, and I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed meeting you last year uh, over in Azel. We were both at an event sitting next to each other selling books, and we got to chit-chat quite a bit, which is great because I love to meet someone else who has a whole bunch of different interests is isn't afraid to just leap out there and try them. Do you ever meet a person that you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that is such a fun – you know, I, I had a coffee house for a couple of years, and uh, there were a couple people who would come in and would just get on my nerve. You know, they would complain about every little thing. And this one woman, I mean, she just knew how to get to me in a way. You know, there's certain people who just get you. I don't know what it was. She could say the smallest thing. And I don't know what happened, but she ended up being this really fascinating lady who I just got a kick out of. And before I knew it, I thought, how did I go from hating her to now? I'm like, oh, I can hardly wait till it's Thursday. I know she'll be coming in. That's a great story. You're, like I said, you're a very talented person. Uh, How many instruments do you play? I don't know. I bumble my way through a few instruments. I pestered my parents until they let me take piano lessons, which I think is really great. So I started off on the piano, and I had a wonderful teacher who really taught me all the the music theory and all the stuff that gets you in your brain with music. But I actually really think I do my best creativity. When I pick up an instrument I'm not so aware of, I'm glad I have that foundation, but I sometimes when I play the piano, I'm thinking too much about what I'm doing, and I'm like, oh, I just went up a third. How cliche. You know, mm-hmm. oh, why should go back down to the root? I'm like, ah. Eh. But if I get on the guitar, which I don't know as well, I can be a little more honest emotionally with my music because my brain gets out of the way. And then so I like taking up other instruments. I do play clarinet, and I love that. And and I play the flute, And I but I've got a new instrument that I'm terrible at, and I'm loving it. It's, it's the theremin. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. I want you to tell us what it is. <laughs> it's so strange. Well, everyone's heard it. If you've ever heard that song, Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys, that... Mm. 
that's been made by the theremin, yeah. but it's also used in all sorts of scary movies, like the day the Earth stood still, and usually when the monster arrives or the alien airship comes, you hear this, wee, wee. that's the theremin. But when it's played by someone um, who is good, it's a beautiful concert instrument. It was actually created for that. And the way you play it is you don't actually put your hands on anything. You have to stand still, which is really hard for me. So you have to stand still because your body affects it. Um, and, and one hand just controls volume as you raise and lower it. And the other hand controls the pitch. It's kind of like playing a violin with an invisible violin. You're, you're just making music with the air, which is like poetry. It's just, well, in theory, you're making music. Right now, I just kind of make some noises, and it's not quite there yet. It's, it's, it's a challenge. I'm enjoying it. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be good at it one day. What made you decide to toss your hat into the book business? Well, I have always written, and I'd always loved books. I've always wanted to be a published author, but I, I had a lot of other jobs, including, like I said, I had owned a coffee house for a while. And sometimes I think I was just putting that out to attract other writers because that was I knew hey, maybe other writers will come to my coffee house and, and sit down and write their novels. I sent off lots of short stories to different magazines back before the internet even, and you have to wait a long time to hear back from them. And I didn't have too much luck with that. Um, I just, it was something I always just did on my own in, in my spare time because I didn't even really talk about it to people writing. I mean, I have a couple novels I've written that are probably terrible, and I'm glad that they're just in a box somewhere. But I just enjoyed it. I enjoy creating characters and writing. And then testing things out on my blog, I, I was writing stuff about at that time, I was writing for magazines and sending them travel articles about Texas, but all they ever wanted to hear was just the regular stuff, like, tell us about the barbecue and tell us about, which is fine, but I wanted to tell them, you know, there's a little more to Texas than that. There's a lot of offbeat and overlooked places you can explore and that are here in North Texas. So I, I started sharing that on my travel blog, and um, people liked it. And more importantly, even Texans liked it, those articles. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to self-publish a book, and that's what got me into it. Mm -hmm. I just did, and I haven't looked back, and I love it. It is just, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing it because it's great. So when did you publish your first book? I published it on Texas Independence Day, March 2nd, in 2014. How did it make you feel when you held that first book with your name at the, as the author? Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm going to be totally honest here. I was so happy. I carried a copy. I think I slept with that book under my pillow that night. I mean, I had it next to me in bed. I, I think my husband said I fell asleep with it, and he kind of pulled it out and set it on the nightstand. But I carried a copy of it in my purse with me everywhere. <laughs> You just go and just like, and I gazed at it, just going, "Oh my gosh!" I was so excited. It's hmm. still a thrill. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. All right, you write mm -hmm. travel books. You write uh, what? What type of books do you write? Well, um, my first two books were straight up travel books. My third book is um, is about the true. It's a really strange but true story about the lynching of a very bad Santa Claus that we had here in Texas back in 1927. And it's just kind of a crazy, I thought it was an interesting historical book and a, a tale that 
kind of offset all the, you know, around Christmas, you get lots of heartwarming stories. Uh -huh. Just a little bit for that, for that true crime person who wants a little strangeness. And I'm now working on a book, a couple books actually, but one of them is called, um, uh, messages from the dead and it's not a travel book it's called messages from the dead and it is a field guide to cemetery symbolism okay tell me that title again it's called messages from the dead a field guide to cemetery symbols you know i could so, classify that as a travel guide <laughs> <laughs> i guess there you go you know what i think even in my Santa Claus book, I at the back, I told everybody how addresses to all the different museums and things and how they could make a day trip out of it. I guess I can't resist making everything a travel there book somehow. <laughs> You've won several awards. Can you tell us about those? And how did, how did it make you feel to win those awards? Oh, my gosh. I'm super excited, and it just makes me want to write more anytime something like that happens, like my book, uh, Unexpected Texas, which was scary. You know, writing the first book was scary and it was kind of draining. And I don't know, you know, it's scary to put it out there. You think, yeah, maybe, maybe people are going to hate it or even worse than hating it. Maybe they're just going to ignore it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, you, you know, throw, throw a rock in the pond and there isn't even a ripple. You're like, what? So that was exciting because two days after it came out, I went to check it on Amazon and it was number one for Dallas Fort Worth travel. And I was like, whoa, so excited. And I didn't, you know, they update that hourly. So I thought I better take a screen capture now. But I didn't know how I didn't know how to do that on my, my computer. So it took me a while to figure it out. And then it ended up staying there for like weeks. And it still hovers in that top, like it's a bestseller probably now. I haven't even looked because uh, they don't alert you. It'd be nice if they did. Oh, and then I got the, it was named, uh, well, it came in first place at the North Texas Book Festival last year for nonfiction. And I was thrilled. That was just really an honor and just so exciting. It's just wonderful. Oh, and I'm. Do you have a favorite movie or a TV show? I do like the Big Bang Theory. I think that's funny. I like to laugh. I like, um, Oh, I really like the Gilmore Girls. I like the X-Files. Do you recall a movie from your past? I love science fiction. So I really liked 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And one thing I liked about it is how slow-paced it is because it really makes you think about the enormity of space and that feeling that I've always thought was frightening, like to imagine being in a tiny rubber raft in the middle of the ocean and not be able to see any land around you and not know where you are. I kind of think that feeling of vastness was really conveyed in that movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey, that you really realize these people are in a, a ship and, and it's almost like being in that little rubber raft in the middle of nowhere. And most space movies don't give you that sense of vastness of space and just maybe the boredom and the quiet and the oh how okay. it might really be do you remember the name of the computer in that movie how that one how that's correct you're correct <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay now i want to see it again it's been a long time <clears throat> but i remember it making an impact you can find it online that's for sure Right. You just came back from a road trip. Would you classify that as research for some of your books? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I do a whole bunch of research. I love traveling. And part of traveling, I love the planning of it. So I did a whole bunch of research before we went to find 
the routes we were going to take each day. So it's definitely research because I try to find interesting places along the way. Like, And then I try to figure out what I'm going to do with it later. You say you're self-published. Who designed your covers? <laughs> I do, actually. I really like that. And I didn't okay. expect myself to, but I just I love taking photos, and I thought I would do a little mock-up. and then. What do folks want to know about Tui Snyder? People say, are you always happy? <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me laugh. I mean, I do smile a lot. I am happy. I mean, I have a full range of emotions, though. You know, it's not. I'm not. But I am genuinely, uh, does seem to be my my set point. <laughs> like, I just come right back to happy like a pendulum. If I'm going to swing around, I'm, I'm unhappy. But it just doesn't last long. So I don't know. I If I could bottle it up, and I have some friends who suffer from, you know, clinical depression and maybe bipolar or different things. And, and it's not a fun thing. So I, I sometimes wish I could just bottle up whatever makes me happy and give it to them. I wish you could, too. Okay, you say you're working on a couple of books. Have you got a date that they might be published? Well, I'm hoping to get that uh, Messages from the Dead, the, the Cemetery Field Guide, out by the fall. I'm actually going to go over to London and spend a little time in Spain here in uh, in April and May, and there are a few cemeteries that I want to see there to help round out some of the symbols that I really want to check out so that I'll feel like my book will be a good, helpful tool. So i got to do a little more research, do that. You're taking this research kind of seriously going all the way to Spain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. But, you know, I love to travel, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of other articles out of it as well. How about advice for a person that says they want to be an author? Oh, okay. I would just say that just make a time. I Writing is a muscle, and I forget who said that. It's one of those quotes that maybe so many people have said that you can't tell who, but think of writing as a muscle. So, sure, we all know how to write, but if someone told you, uh, your friend said, hey, I'm going to run a marathon next week, you'd say, oh, well, are you training for it? You know, are you, how many miles do you run right now? So think of that with your writing. Oh, okay, you want to be a writer? It's like running a marathon. Okay, so are you training for that? I just make sure that I set aside a time each day to write. And, and just like anything, it's like when you practice an instrument, you're, you just start to crave it. Force yourself, you know, if you have to, that, I'm, or say some ridiculous thing. I'm going to write for five minutes every day and time yourself. Sit down and just start writing for five minutes. Don't stop. And guess what? At the end of five minutes, you're not going to want to stop. That's the neat thing about it. You're mm -hmm. going to keep going. But it, it's just that initial, oh, uh, when you're staring at the blank page or the open document, that's the hardest part. Just dive in, make mistakes. No one has to see it. And have fun. Okay, how can folks get in touch with you? you got a website. I sure do. It's just Tui Snyder, which is T-U-I-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. So just my name.com. That's the best little hub for getting a hold of me. And then I'm on social media in different places. And I just use Tui Snyder to try and keep it simple. So if you're on Twitter or wherever, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't use it too much yet. I, there's so, only so many hours in the day and mm -hmm. it's easy. I, I try to not even get on social media a lot of times until dinner time. I'm like, okay, I'll just treat it like a happy hour. I'll get on social media for a little bit and then, cause it can get distracting. Okay. You have a unique name, Tui. And, and yes. you, even Snyder is uh, spelled differently <laughs> than most of them. Can it you is. talk about that a little bit? is a name that comes from New Zealand, and it is a type of bird down there. And I'm told it's also a 
brand of beer and an airline. So obviously in my travels, I need to go to New Zealand. I've not been there yet. Snyder is kind of odd. It um, was originally Snyder Sitch, and that, it's my husband's last name. So they shortened it, Snyder, and it's a northern Italian name. It doesn't sound Italian at all. But, you know, the northern Italian, you kind of get that intermingling with a little Germanic influence. So there's a little, there's an interesting history that comes behind that, too. I've got a unique name for a unique person. <laughs> well, thank you. We want to thank you for being on the Wild West Showdown today, and I want to invite you to come back and visit anytime. I would love to come back. This is wonderful. I had a great time. All right. We'll talk to you later then, okay? Thanks so much. You have a great day. I just received a new CD of poems by a young man named Tom Schweringen. Forgive me, Tom, if I didn't pronounce your name right. This is a poem off of Tom's new CD. It's called Rhymem Cowboy. I'm a rootin' tootin' wordsmith, bronco twister of tall tale, creator of compositions on the wily western trail, <laughs> wrangling dangling participles, culling near rhymes from my word, replacing with truer pairings so's to build a stronger herd. <laughs> I'm a range writin' cowboy bard, mending imperfect tenses, Penning grammatical structures to stimulate the senses. I put order to arrangements of consonants and vowels, accentuating syllables to rhythm from my rowels. I build my loops of metered rope, toss my twine of nouns and verbs, some sonorous recitations, others lighter witty blurbs. So rhyme them, cowboy, letter buck, I'm setting poems to fly. I hope you enjoy, but if you don't, at least, by gosh, I'm trying. How'd you folks like that? I think it was great. I wish more of you talented folks out there would do like Tom and old Tom did and send your poems or your songs to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. We'll sure play them on the show for you. When I was a kid, I'd go to the corner drugstore. <laughs> yeah, that was the actual name, the corner drugstore. I always checked behind the building for their throwaway comics. You know, if a comic book didn't sell, they'd tear the top of the cover off and send them back to the publisher and they'd burn the comic book. As kids, we didn't care about the cover. It was the inside we wanted. It was a great day when we got there before they all burned. Now let me tell you about the inside of the store. If I had a nickel, which I very seldom did, I'd buy a brand new comic. Then up in front of the store, close to the door, they had a big rack of paperbacks. I don't know why I thought what I did about those books. Maybe it was the covers. But I thought they were adult books and I wasn't supposed to be around them. You know what I'm saying? I now think of all the great reading that I missed because I was confused and didn't ask anybody about it. Therefore, I never picked one up. So how old was I before I read a paperback? I don't really remember. But I was probably married before that happened. Don't worry about it, though. I've made up for it since then. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, I worked in the maintenance department, so if the machines were running, I had time to read. Then I also owned a used bookstore for 10 years, so I had plenty of books to read. Then when they started putting books on tapes and then on CDs, I'd listen on the way to work, and I'd listen on the way home, and I'd read whenever I had time. So that's my little story about reading. How about you telling me when you first started reading? Was it comic books? Was it paperbacks? Was it hardbacks? Now, I'm not talking about your school books. Tell me when you first started reading for enjoyment.
send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. Now we got another song by Frank Martin Gillian called I Remember Who She Is. Take it away, Frank.
wasn't that a great song by a great talent? Thank you so much, Frank. We want to thank Frank Martin Gillian and Frank Cavett for sharing their talent with us today. Thanks to Tom Swearingen for reciting one of his poems. And a special thanks to old Tom for allowing the old cowboy to recite one of his poems. Let's not forget our special guest, Tui Snyder. Now, why don't you folks go over to Facebook and friend all these folks and tell them you heard about them on the Wild West Showdown. Is everybody still gathered around? Because it's time for some cowboy wisdom. Live a good, honorable life. Then when you get older and think back, you'll enjoy it a second time. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.